You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 236. And it's one of our stupid, sexy, sponsored episodes where a Patreon has said, Hey, Bozo, play this game and talk about it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, And as you can tell by the title of the episode and everything, we're talking Doom 3. And just quickly, my sincere apologies. I cannot for the fucking life of me remember who suggested calling these stupid, sexy, sponsored episodes. And I meant to write it down so I could give you props, and I didn't. And that's just one more example of how bad I am at my job. Uh, But... Know that you you live in my heart, even though I don't remember who you are. Thank you for the suggestion. I love that name. Uh, yeah, we're talking Doom Three, and it's Doom Three is kind of like the forgotten Doom, is in a way, isn't it? You know, like it's I know there's you know there's Doom sixty four, there's the Freak Dooms, but from the mainline series, you've got the OG, you've got Doom Two. Those games are classics. You have Doom twenty sixteen, which was kind of a reinventing of the series, which I think a couple of people really enjoyed. I did. Doom Eternal is fucking awesome. That's that was my runner up for Game of the Year a couple years ago. I love that game. Uh, but but Doom 3 just kind of gets forgotten. You know, and to be honest, if someone was new to Doom and they said, Adam, where should I start? Like, Doom 3 is never going to be at the top of that list. 
Because, like, it looks great, even to this day. It's fun. I think the gameplay is a little dry. There are a couple mechanics put in there uh, that I don't know how well they work, particularly the fucking PDAs. But I first played this one on my Xbox back in 2005, and I was blown away by how it looked. And replaying it for the first time uh, in forever, just the past couple of weeks... I, I think it really had to be experienced back then to truly hit the mark. It's still a competent shooter for sure. It just doesn't seem as revolutionary in 2023 as it did, you know, 17, 18, 19 years ago. Uh, this episode is sponsored by my boy Brandon. So he is going to swing by and let me know why he's a Doom 3 fan and why what he loves about the game, what he hates about the game. And then I'm going to go on a full-blown rant about the awesome graphics, the cool sound, the stupid PDAs, and that god-awful shotgun. It is... Just god-awful. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of god-awful, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. And you don't have to read through 300 goddamn fucking anonymous emails to figure out how to get past them. If you want to skip it, you just go about 30 minutes. Just take a little tracker bar, move it 30 minutes, and you'll be into the Doom 3 chat. Uh, but I recommend hanging around because we talk about video games and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Before I do that, I got to get my plugs out of the way. Just indulge me for a couple minutes. This is how we keep the bills on around here. We have merchandise. We have hoodies. We have t-shirts. There's coffee mugs. There's posters. All kinds of stuff. All rocking cool art drawn by my man joe from 4545creative.com you can find our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it's a great way to support the show and of course if you don't do clothes i get it spring's gonna be here right away you don't want to be chafing you want to be free i get it uh you can always just support us on patreon because for two bucks a month you get two additional shows every single week and beginning march 6th you'll be able to get up to four podcasts in a week for five bucks there's all kinds of tiers go over there and see but for that two dollars you get exclusive access to my gaming news show game patch every Friday where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and I add in my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there and then expansion pass goes live every Thursday and that's a different show each week we do rankings we look back at characters consoles genres franchises there's some comedy episodes there's a ton of modern game reviews over there and this past week on expansion pass I dropped one of my modern game reviews with a spoiler free review of crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion which is the remaster of the final fantasy 7 prequel originally on the PSP and I never never played the original version but I've always wanted to see what Crisis Core was all about so I was really excited when they announced this remake I played it on PS5 and uh, I thought it was pretty good I liked it a lot I don't know if I'm in love uh, but I liked it. It was it was very, really, very good. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my spoiler-free Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII review. From a story perspective... Now, here's the thing. I don't love the entire story. I do... Oh, my God. I do not... <laughs> and that's something I'm not going to get too into until the spoiler cast portion of this. But I will say, like, if if... I don't know what the percentages are. Let's just say two-thirds of Crisis Core focus on Zack and focus on Sephiroth and talk about Cloud and talk about Shinra and, and Zack's relationship with Aerith and all, all this stuff that anyone that played Final Fantasy VII wants to know. Two-thirds of this game's story are about that, and it's awesome. That's what you want to know. The other third are about some other characters from Zack's past, and I gotta be honest, I thought they were terrible particularly uh, Genesis, one of the characters' names. I won't get into why. I'll save that for the spoiler cast. Uh, awful. I thought it was awful characters. I didn't think they were necessary to be there. I found them boring and bland. And it was, frankly, the only time of the game that I wasn't really enjoying myself. 
So that's now available in our archives. And this week, it's Expansion Pass 150. Holy fuck. And I wanted to do something fun for this episode. Uh, back on Expansion Pass number 11, I ranked all the games that we covered in the first 100 episodes of Remember the Game. So this week, I'm going to do the same thing, but with the games we covered from episode 101 through episode 200. There's some fucking beasts in there so uh, like super mario brothers is in there streets of rage 2 is in there mass effect 2 is in there final fantasy tactics is in there mario kart double dash like tetris dr mario there's some fucking final fantasy 10 there's some big big games in there so that's what we're doing this week so again two bucks get you two extra shows ad free every week plus instant access to about 300 archive bonus podcasts plus access to our remember the game discord the chance to vote in our patreon polls every month the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts you can dm with me and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to all of our newest patrons Austin Beerman, that's a sweet name. Gimme Elixir, Grand Chahi, Chris Connolly, Straw Hat Rob, Brain Massage, Christopher Stammer, No Fine of Vagina Than in Regina. I don't know if that's true. Rayford, with all due respect to all of you living in Regina, Rayford, Rayford Levy. I hope I said that right. Tommy Simps, Rob, Ryan Oaks, Ryan Sheridan, Adam Ripley, Nick Squires, Cato, Waldo, Jared Graff, Dennis Phillips, Nick Garner, The Great Partini, and TSM Zombie. Thank you all so much for the support, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And don't forget, 5% of our Patreon income every month gets donated to charity at the end of the year in my 24-hour stream, and we offer annual subscriptions. That'll save you a month's fees if you sign up for the year up front. So there you go. Uh, and then finally, you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash member the game if you want to see my stupid face and tell me why I'm wrong and all those kinds of things. I have no real schedule. I just get on there whenever I have time. Throw me a follow. It's free. I'll never bug you for subs or anything. And uh, then it'll tell you when I'm online. And you can come by and see me. All right? That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming-related, but not always, and we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Bobby Litton, who wrote in and said, Adam, what do you say if someone says, I feel like video games are a waste of time? I've had that said to me by this old guy I know, and my response wasn't very nice. I felt insulted. How would you respond? I feel like I should have handled it better, but why can't people just let other people be happy? It just annoys me. Hey, I agree. You know what? I So I read, I, I read this question because I wanted to throw this like quote phrase out there, and I understand that maybe this is going to make me sound like a cheesy one of those fuck who are those motivational like Tony Robbins or whatever like one of those motivational speakers um and i and maybe i didn't coin this phrase but i really feel like i did. i'd never heard it until i said it uh and i mean this from the bottom of my heart unless you're out there hurting somebody or stealing or you know whatever as long as you're sticking to yourself and you're not bringing anybody else down i i truly feel like the only thing that's a real waste of time is doing something you don't like and I and like before I say that, let me make like if you're listening to this while you're at your job and you're like I fucking hate this job, it's it, that's not a waste of time because you need that money to eat and have a roof and stuff. I'm not saying that, but I just mean that like if you enjoy playing video games, it's not a waste of time. You have a finite amount of time on this rock. Spend it doing something you like doing. If video games make you happy, be happy. If watching movies makes you happy, be happy. If you're one of those vinyl fucking weirdos that <laughs> anyone that hasn't listened to the show for a while. Uh, I have no problem with people that, <clears throat> excuse me, 
with people that listen to vinyl, I just like breaking balls because it seems so inconvenient to me, but I've never used one. Uh, but if you like vinyl, listen to vinyl. If you like comic books, read comic books. You want to watch cartoons, watch cartoons. Who fucking cares? So when someone tells you something you're doing is a waste of time, just fucking laugh at them and walk away, Bobby. Do whatever the fuck you feel like. You know what? I think there were a lot of people that thought this podcast was a waste of time when I started it. <laughs> now I'm wasting fucking tons of people around the planet's time. So... I mean, they might have been right, but whatever. Anyways, uh, Jeremy Cologne wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I love the podcast. I'm a PhD student in the field of biochemistry, and I very much enjoy listening to the podcast while I'm running experiments. Uh, it keeps me in a good mood while I focus on my lab work. I would assume you listen to this just because it makes you feel smarter. That's what I would assume. Uh, Jeremy says, My question is, being a gamer, have you ever had to explain the main concept of a game to a non-gamer friend? One of my best friends does not play vids at all, and explaining to her that one of the funnest games I've played is Banjo-Kazooie or Tui that stars a bear with yellow shorts and a blue backpack that houses an orange bird that can turn into a green dragon made her very skeptical that this was a real game. Have you ever had an experience like this where describing a game makes it seem too outlandish to be real? Uh, you know what? The first example of that that came to mind was when I was playing Conker's Bad Fur Day for this show. I'd never played it before. Uh, my girlfriend walked in a few times. Shaylee walked in a few times while I was playing it. And uh, she saw me fighting the Mighty Pooh. And she saw me at the bar where I'm like peeing on the rock people to get them mad. And I'm I'm trying to explain this. And then I'm like, you know what? Just No, he's just a cute squirrel who needs to get away from this evil cat thing who wants to use him as a leg to his table to not spill his milk. And part of doing that is fighting a giant glob of opera singing poo. See, I know the game and I feel insane saying it. So that, that would probably, that's the one conquers bad for a day is the one that comes into my head. Banjo Kazooie, the way you described it. Yeah. But I conquer is the one that fucked me. Yeah. Conquer. Shaylee hasn't looked at me the same since conquer. Without a question. Uh, Frosty wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I have a bit of a dilemma. I have a guy, I've had a guy living with me for about 10 years now and hasn't paid for rent or food or anything, and I've never asked him to. I don't mind helping him get on his feet so he can make a good living since I've known him literally his whole life, but my wife says it's probably going to take another eight years before he's ready for university or college. The main issue is that I bought him a PS5 for Christmas and he's using my account. So when the day comes that he finally moves out, who gets to keep the games on the account? It's my account, but technically his PS5, even though I bought it for him. We both tend to buy physical and digital games i'd hate for this to come between us because we've become pretty close thanks for your advice so I, admittedly i didn't realize that you were talking about a 10 year old despite the constant implying that uh you've known them their whole lives and it'll be eight years before they're ready to move out i didn't catch it until i read your follow-up comments um i don't know i mean that is tough like i've actually wondered that before i don't have to share my games with anybody nobody else in my it's just me and shay and shay has her own switch and doesn't play very much so my games are mine. I don't have to worry about sharing saves or sharing consoles or God forbid if, you know, something ever went wrong trying to divide up the game library. Um, I don't know. I The thing is, Frost, I, I would think that like by the time that this dude is 18 years old, he's probably not going to care about the PS5 anymore. I think by then the PS6 will be out or virtual reality or he'll be out trying to get laid. I don't think he's going to care about the games and I think he'll be able to keep them. But I would recommend setting up a second account. And then like, like why not set up a second account that you could buy your games under and he could buy his games under and then just let him play your games under his account if he wants to, but they're yours type thing. Like that's, 
or go or go physical and then you can have like a draft and lay them out and fucking and then you could broadcast that draft and people would watch it but um i would i would wait because like when my nephew was 10 he was all about games and now he's 17 and hardly touches them and i barely touched video games when i was 18 either so i would wait and see you might not even have a problem that you might have a bigger problem when he's asking you to borrow your car and stuff so god god speed my friend god speed uh super garbage day said adam eat one forever and erase one forever burritos or tacos i feel like i've answered this before and got a whole lot of shit for it but i'm just gonna double down on my take and i know some people are gonna be mad uh i'm keeping burritos and i'm sorry i listen i like tacos i have no problem with tacos at all but I like burritos better. They're beefier and they're nice to hold and they're soft. And I know you can have soft tacos, but it's not the same. I don't care. I Listen, I don't want to erase either one. Don't blame me. Blame Super Garbage Day. But for all of you that are like, oh my God, he's erasing tacos. I would rather have a burrito. I'm sorry. And you know what? If you were like, hey, hamburgers, burritos, or tacos, I'm sorry, but I'm dumping burritos and tacos for hamburgers. That's I'm sorry. I just, I got to call them like I see them. I do love a good taco, though. Shout out to the Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, last last Ancient wrote in and said, Mr. Blank, I'm a curious guy. I'm sure I've missed your reasoning, but why do you not like the Diablo games? It's always surprising to me when you bring it up, as one and especially two are classic retro games. So, yeah, I have kind of talked about this, but that's okay. I, uh, Being honest, it's I've never really played a Diablo. I don't want to so much say as I don't like them, because I've never played them as, as more. It's more that like, I'm just not that interested by them. I don't really enjoy looter shooters that much. I just, I'm not even saying they're bad. They're just like such time sinks. And I just find them very repetitive. And I just, every time I've looked at the Diablo games and before anyone writes in and yells at me, like I have a ton to play. And I look at Diablo and I'm like, those are going to be long playthroughs that I just, it's like Borderlands. I have no problem with Borderlands. I think those games look, I love that art style and I think they play fine. I just don't enjoy that looter shooter mechanic. Like it takes the right one to really hook me and they've just never hooked me. That's, you know, plus admittedly they were on PC back in the day and I don't, I didn't play PC games, but primarily I've just, yeah, the, the gameplay loop has just never, never tickled my pickle to be honest. So I'm sorry to last ancient and all of you diablo fans enjoy your game i just it's just not for me i just i'm not interested i'm sorry uh lord longrod von hugendong the second wrote in and said hey adam why don't you sound canadian are you actually a guy from boston pretending to be canadian yours lord longrod von hugendong the second you know what a few people lately have said that that i don't that that my accent doesn't sound canadian and I don't understand that because I'm, I'm I'm Canadian. I live here right now. It's fucking snowing outside. I live in Canada. I don't have to pay to go to the doctor and my money is worthless outside of my country. And I like hockey. And A, I say A and I apologize a lot. Look, how many times did I apologize on the Diablo and taco questions? But a few people have said that. I get a lot of shit for the way I say garage. But apparently I don't sound Canadian. So I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Maybe I'm just not good at English. Maybe that's my problem. Johnny CCDC said, Adam, I'm so insanely hyped for the Game Boy Color Advance to finally be added to Nintendo Switch Online. Besides all the games uploaded and showcased to be uploaded, what other games would you like to see added to the roster? I know it won't happen because of Capcom, but any and all of the Mega Man games, especially five for the Game Boy, would make me happy, considering Capcom, no matter the collection, just refuses to add these games for their selections. So, okay, uh, just quickly, my don't quote me on this, but my understanding, you can look it up 
is that they were intending to release a Mega Man Game Boy collection like they did the Mega Man Legacy collections. And like the source codes are gone for some of the games or something. Like I may be wrong on that, but I want to say that like they can't re-release them because like some of the games are missing. Or I, I I read something about that a long time ago. So you can find that online. So I agree. I Mega Man 5 on the Game Boy, we've covered it on Remember the Game of the Past is awesome. And I want that released. As far as what else I want, to be honest with you, like for the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, I can't really think of anything. Like, I, I know Pokemon. Like, I want Super Mario Land, Super Mario Land 3. Give me the Wario's, you know, like Donkey Kong Lands would be fun. Um, I know a lot of people bring up Pokemon and I think Pokemon would be rad, but I just... I feel like... You're not going to like this, but Nintendo can sell those. And and Nintendo, as you all know, likes to make pennies. I just can't imagine them giving us Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, or Gen 2 when they're like, hey, we could sell these for seven or eight bucks each. And and I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just, I think that that's our best bet to get the Pokemon games is they're going to sell them. I still think eventually they're going to put them in a collection and just sell that collection like Gen 1 and Gen 2 or Pokemon Classics or something. Um, so as far as the Game Boy goes, there's not much else. Like I'm, I'm pretty Game Boyed out. I've, I've gotten my Game Boy share, but Game Boy Advance, I want everything. I, I've said it before. I know nothing of the Game Boy Advance. I've probably played three or four Game Boy Advance games in my entire life. I played Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. I played Mario Kart. Uh, I played Metroid Fusion a little while ago. I played Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. We're not going to get the Castlevania games because the Castlevania Advance collection is out. Um, I just finished Minish Cap last night and it was fucking awesome. I love the... I missed the GBA in its prime and I think that thing is a fucking powerhouse and I want all the GBA games. Give me everything everything i want golden sun i want fire emblem i want more wario i want more mario i want everything give me everything gba um the mario and donkey kong games would be fucking sick so i know it's a lame answer but i want everything gba i don't particularly care about what else they add from game boy um just because I've, I've already played most of the game boy games that i want so that's me anyway finally okay we got to move on it's letter time it's letter time dan harrington Said, hey, Adam, after the drop of the Metroid Prime remaster on the Switch, do you think Nintendo wraps up the console's life cycle with more GameCube remakes and remasters? Or is this just a prelude to making GameCube remasters a big part of the next console whenever it releases? Uh, I, that's a good fucking question, Dan Harrington. I don't, I don't think we're going to see a lot of GameCube remakes or remasters. I'll be honest. Like, listen, you all know I love the Switch. I think the Switch is on the home stretch here. I think they've got... Like, look at their next few months, right? Like, they have... Octopath Traveler 2 coming out right away. They just dropped Metroid Prime. They have Advance Wars coming out. They have, obviously, that Zelda girl and her little elf boyfriend there. They're coming out in May. They have Pikmin coming out this summer. They're going to be adding Game Boy Advance games. Plus, they still have more Nintendo 64 games to add. I, I think, my opinion is Nintendo's got one more ace up their sleeve. And I don't know... If it's the long rumored new Donkey Kong game or if it's a new Mario or what. But I I think at this point, most of their development team uh, and their resources are working on games for their next console. And I think that they're expecting Zelda and a couple other RPGs and stuff to carry them through the rest of this year. They'll drop one more big game this holiday season to be relevant. And then I'm gonna, I'm, I think I've said it, but I'm, I'm predicting that they announce their next system in the spring of 2024 and drop it by the end of the year. And, uh, and I think, you know, maybe Mario Kart nine or maybe Mario Odyssey two or whatever. One of those big games is, is going to be the launch title for their next system. And I think that they're on the way out with the switch, but I, at this, like when they, they released a fucking GameCube controller for the switch and didn't give us GameCube games. 
So I don't think we're going to get too many of them now. I think Metroid Prime Remake was an easy job for them that filled a gap and got people hyped up. And, you know, maybe Metroid Prime 4 is this one song to the Switch. I mean, I, but I don't think we're going to get too much more GameCube. I would be, I'd love to be wrong because I like the GameCube, but I, I don't think we're going to get too much more. I think they're just getting ready to shut it down. I could see us getting like the Wind Waker port or something like that. And then I could see them just moving on to the next system. Anyway, all right, we got to move on here. Thank you so much to all the submissions, as always. Let's switch things up and get into our Smash Hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And this time around, I went with three first-person shooters from 2004 to fit the Doom 3 theme. And listen to this. Half-Life 2, Halo 2, Metroid Prime 2. I didn't intend for them all to be sequels, but like what a fucking year 2004 was. And listen to the votes. 29% said play Halo 2, remake Half-Life 2, erase Metroid Prime 2. But 28% said play Halo 2, remake Metroid 2, erase Half-Life 2. 1% difference. They both said play Halo, but they would remake one of Half-Life and erase one of Metroid back and forth. It was, oh, I, loved, I love it when it's close. And the comments were all over the place this week, which means I did a good fucking job for a change. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. No finer vagina than in Regina wrote in and said, play Metroid Prime 2 because I never got to try out the Prime series. Remake Half-Life 2 since it would, be, it would be playing like Portal. And then erase Halo 2 because my taste for shooters has changed. And despite a good story, Halo seems too focused on multiplayer. Player. that's interesting because i've always enjoyed the halo games because i love the the campaign and i don't want to like i don't know if i could bring myself to race halo 2 because it's one of my favorite campaigns ever oh my god but that's the thing like there's all three of these games are bangers it's hard Dund wrote in and said, nice easy lineup this week. Play Half-Life 2. Source engine is a bit dated, but it holds up fine. Fun scenery, great gravity, gravity gun, good as is. Remake Metroid Prime 2. Seeing this made all shiny and new with better hardware to make the light and dark sides pop would be great. Erase Halo 2. Can the can the entire series really? I never got hooked by them, and since I have no nostalgic ties to it, I don't see any reason to keep it around. I cannot imagine erasing it. Xbox is dead in the water right now if you erase Halo. I, I'm not judging. I think that's a bold take. I like it. Mellow Yellow 8787 said, I choose play Halo 2, remake Metroid Prime 2, erase Half-Life 2. Halo 2 is one of the greatest games ever. Even when playing the Master Chief Collection, I keep the original graphics. I've never had a desire to play the Prime Trilogy, but now that Nintendo launched a remake, I want to give it a try. Half-Life 2 can fuck off because the game wasn't that great anyway, and the Half-Life confirmed memes are shitty memes. Goodbye, Gordon, you fuck. <laughs> wow. That's like, does anyone hate these? I didn't think anyone hated any of these franchises. And we've got people being like, Halo sucks, fuck them. Hate Half-Life, fuck them. I'm I'm shocked. Shocked. Major Tom 02 will bring some order here. Major Tom said, play Halo 2 because it's a classic and probably one of the best shooters of all time. Remake Half-Life 2, although it is also one of my favorite shooters. It can only get better, I feel. And unfortunately, erase Metroid because once again, the rules are the rules. Thank you. It sucks. At least you're like, you're not saying like, fuck Metroid. You're like, I'm, I'm sorry. That's how I felt. Like, I know one of these three needs to be put down and I don't want to do it to any of them. And Spencer Whitledge 
said, oh boy, someone is bound to be pissed off this week. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll play Half-Life 2. The game still doesn't look or play half bad, so why change it? I'll remake Halo 2. Give it some of that Halo Infinite razzle-dazzle. Play it for another 15 years. And then erase Metroid Prime. Something has to go and feelings were meant to be hurt. I actually say that too. Like when we're talking shit to each other, I'm like, no, hurt some feelings. Like fucking go big or go home. I love it. Uh, I, I gotta be honest. I don't know how long we've been playing play one, remake one, erase one on the show, but I've never been more stuck on one than this week because I haven't played Metroid Prime 2 and I hate erasing games that I haven't played, but I just love Half-Life 2 and Halo 2 and I don't want to erase them. So I'm going to agree with, uh, I'm going to agree with 28% of you, including Kelly, who said play Halo 2 because it's perfect, remake Metroid Prime 2 because I said so, damn it, and erase Half-Life 2 because I can't beat Half-Life 1. I actually can't beat Half-Life 1 either. That The last couple levels suck. Um, I'm going to play Halo 2 because, yeah, it's just awesome. It's one of my favorite shooters ever. I love that game. I'm going to remake Metroid Prime 2, and I flipped so hard on this, and all I'm going to do with the remake is just put it on the Switch. I really don't give a fuck what else they do. You can make it like the Metroid Prime remake if you want to. I don't care. Just release it on Switch so I can play it. And then I'm very reluctantly erasing Half-Life 2. And this is probably the hardest erase I've had since we started. I just, I've played it. I want to play it again, but I just can't get rid of the other two. And I know that erasing Half-Life 2 won't kill the franchise because Valve doesn't acknowledge it as it is. And I can't risk Halo or Metroid being killed forever. So I'm going to take my chances and reluctantly erase Half-Life 2. Thank you, everyone, that wrote in and played this week, as always. What have I been playing over the last seven days? I'll tell you in just a moment after we pause for a quick word from a sponsor. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but... Kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a CrashPlan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All right, what have I been playing? Uh, I'm still plugging away at Legend of Dragoon. Uh, enjoying it. There's a long fucking game. I'm still plugging away at Marvel's Midnight Suns. Enjoying it, but that is a long fucking game. I still have Dead Space Remake on the go. I just haven't had much time to play it lately. And I, I'm, it's not that I don't like it. I just, it's the one I'm playing that I'm not going to be reviewing on a podcast. 
So it just kind of falls to the last spot. Uh, and then just last night, I finished The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. So we'll be reviewing that probably next week. And uh, tonight, I'm starting Wonder Boy and Monsterland for an upcoming episode of the show. So lots of games on the go around here. And I, I just, I really need to endorse Marvel Midnight Suns, man. I'm really enjoying that fucking game. Uh, but let's talk Doom 3. That's why you're here. As always, I like to give some of you a chance to sound off before my uh, my friends and I hog the microphone. JB Sharps said, before playing this game, I was so afraid it wouldn't translate well to 3D. I was such a huge fan of the original PC games that I was worried this wouldn't live up to the hype. But boy, was I wrong. The environment, the sounds, the combat, I loved all of it from the moment I entered Mars City. I feel like a new generation of Doom will still, oh, it felt, like a new generation of Doom while still sticking to its roots. There's nothing much else to say. Doom 3 is a classic and remains one of my all-time favorite Xbox games. I agree with most of that. I don't know if I love the combat, but I did love the environment, the sound, and it, it did feel like a new generation. I agree with all. I'll get into it in a minute. Uh, can, this name, there's no way I can pronounce. Kanchiostionlis Treasure. K-Treasure. I don't know how to fucking say that. K Treasure wrote in and said, there was a Doom 3? I sincerely doubt that. I read that only because... I don't know if I'm missing a reference. I think I am. But that comment just made me laugh. And I was like, despite the fact that I'm not going to be able to say this person's name, I'm going to read that comment. Because I just really like that comment a lot. It made me laugh. Uh, Luca said, I played this when it came out. The graphics were amazing at the time. And they're still pretty good today, other than the human character models. Also, a pretty big departure from previous Doom games. Much slower and focused on horror rather than action. In the original game, your flashlight was a separate item that couldn't be used while holding a gun. So imagine all the dark rooms and jump scares. And the only way to see anything was to remove your ability to shoot. It was probably more annoying than scary. And the BFG edition mounts the flashlight on your armor so you can use it whenever you want. Even with that change, it's still atmospheric as fuck agreed and we get into that a little bit on the show i had kind of forgotten about the flashlight until uh i started replaying it i think it's a smarter decision to put it on your armor myself uh j smack said i played this when i binged through all the doom games for the first time to get ready for eternal in that regard it was a pretty pleasant change of pace the arch vials were extremely impressive with their evolution played the expansion too which also wasn't bad yeah like if you're I could, dude, if you never played it and you were binging through all the Dooms to get ready for, like, Doom Eternal or whatever, the jump from Doom 2 to Doom 3 is fucking, oh my god. That's the jump from Super Mario Bros. to Mario, Jesus, probably close to Mario Odyssey. Like, that's a fucking insane jump. Uh, and McTuggy said, I remember the first time an enemy jumps to scares the shit out of you. This game was a bit different than the originals, but still fun and very terrifying in places. The audio logs can fuck right off, though. Yeah, I especially reading the emails. They bothered me more than the fucking audio logs. Drove me crazy. But I'm going to rant about all that right now. Uh, first, Brandon, our stupid sexy sponsor this week, is going to come by and tell me why he loves Doom 3 so much. And then I am going to go on a really long tirade about the ups and downs of this game. And we're going to cue up some Doom music to set the tone. And when that stops, we're talking Doom 3, which originally released on PC on August 3rd, 2004, and on Xbox on April 3rd, 2005. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, so as I'm sure that I mentioned off the top of this episode, this is one of our stupid, sexy, sponsored episodes. Uh, I love that handle, fucking A. Sauda. And I can't remember who suggested it, and I'm sorry. 
I meant to have it repaired. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Thank you to whoever suggested that. Uh, and we're talking Doom 3. And joining me this week via the blank Zoom is a uh, supporter of the show, sponsor of this episode. And I would assume Doom, friend, Doom fan, and that is my boy Brandon. How's it going, buddy? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, Adam? I'm doing awesome, dude. It's a little bit chilly it. here in uh, good old central <laughs> PA, man. I'm uh, not digging it at all, but I know nothing that you're used to uh, over in Edmonton. But, uh, you know, I got to say. Staying warm. I got to say, I'm not taking any joy in anyone being cold because I understand how much being this cold sucks. But it is a little, just just a hint satisfying to turn on the news and see that the rest of North America is freezing. And for some <laughs> reason in Edmonton, it's like fucking summer right now. I don't get it, but global warming <laughs> for the win, I guess. Um, hey, you got to take the, the win when you can, right? Fucking rights, man. But when it's cold, it's a good time to stay inside and play video games. And uh, oh, yeah. Doom 3 is one of them. So now I'm going to get into my thoughts on this game because I, I I really like this game. I do have a couple things that piss me off, but I do really like this game. But I'll ask you, uh, why, why why did you feel so passionate about Doom 3 uh, that you wanted to sponsor this episode? The, the floor is yours. Why Doom 3? All right, yeah, man. I'll give you a little bit of context. Uh, so kind of like you growing up, uh, I had nothing but consoles. You know, we had the one family gateway computer uh, and my dad's big message to everybody was not, we're not going to load it with games. We're not going to load it with bullshit. So I had, you know, I had shadow warrior on it, uh, doom, the original doom and then command conquer. Uh, but other than that, I just had consoles. So when I graduated from high school, I told my family, I want nothing but money. So I was going to build the baddest ass PC I could, uh, <laughs> at the time. Right. So this was in 2004. So graduate high school. Uh, and I did, I built the best PC I could with the money I got. And doom three was the first game I bought where I could really showcase my PC. So uh, I don't know if you had EB games uh, in Canada we before did. GameStop bought them out. Okay. So I pre-ordered Doom 3. Um, my buddy and I went to pick it up that night. Uh, you know, went through the whole installation process. And we played till like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And my dad worked in Philly. So he'd always get up around 4.30 to beat traffic. So he came in. And goes, all right, hey, I'm going to leave. You guys keep playing your game. I'm going to be a productive member of society. We're like, yeah, whatever, Dad. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, so, but that that was, uh, yeah, Doom 3 was the first PC game I got to buy with my own money uh, and showcase the power of my new PC. And as, it always holds a special place in my heart because of that reason. I like it. It's funny, man, because like I played it on Xbox when it came okay. out. I, I bought it on Original Xbox. Xbox? You guys, yeah, because as you know, you know, me and PCs were, were arch nemesis. <laughs> but like... Listen, I even back like because we had a PC when I was growing up too, and we had next to no games on it, but we did have I did play some Doom. I originally played it on the Super Nintendo, and then eventually I played it on on PC. And like everybody knows Doom, and most people yeah. like Doom. And um, but I gotta tell you, like I played Doom one, I played Doom two, and then Doom just kind of disappeared for a long. Like I know it was like Doom sixty four and shit, but like kind of disappeared. And then when this game came out, like I just replayed it for this podcast for the first time since I played it back on the Xbox. And there's some things about it I like and some things about it I don't like. But I remember, and this is what I tried so hard to, to make people understand while I was streaming, while I was playing it, was I was like, dude, when this game came out back when in, in, in like almost 20, almost 20 years ago, but when this game came out, like it was fucking horrifying. And like, it, it and it's still, in my opinion, it still holds up graphically. It still looks great, man. Yeah, uh, um, there's two games I was looking forward to when I got, uh, you know, the new computer was it was Doom 3 and then Half-Life 2. And, yeah. you know, Doom 3 fir first came out. And, I mean, we had on ultra settings and, you know, we we're playing with the lights off in my room. We're trying to keep it quiet, not screaming and pissing our pants because, uh, like you said, man, the atmosphere and the way they, uh, they built the game up 
was just phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And like I replayed it too for this uh, upcoming episode. And, you know, I was playing with the lights off and you're right. It really does hold up with the whole horror atmosphere, uh, the way it was designed, uh, even the graphics. Um, mm -hmm. I still think uh, do a really nice job, you know, even like 20 years later. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. I think if you played it for the first time today, it, it's like, it's, it, Cause I, I, I want to know what you think. Cause like to me, like from a gameplay mechanics point of view, it is a little bit basic. It's you, yes. you have guns, you shoot zombies and you know, or whatever aliens, whatever that's it. But like, I just like, I cannot overemphasize to people. Now people have dead space and now people have, you know, these horrifying games. I'm like, dude, 20, I, I had, I had never played something like this. I remember getting this on my Xbox and being like, this is one of the most, impressive uh immersive video games i'd ever played in my entire life and us ogs played it where you couldn't have the flashlight while you shot yes which is <laughs> yeah oh my so like all right do you like do you did you like that did you like that system i i did it was funny uh because it really adds to the to the atmosphere right where you're shine your flashlight all of a sudden demons are coming out after you and you're like holy shit you're kind of pushing one of the number keys to get out your guns uh, half the time I'm using the uh, the flash of the gun uh, to kind of illuminate what the hell's coming at me. Um, but, you know, when they released the BFG edition, I could see why they put the flashlight on the armor. I wish that they would have actually give you the option to play old school or if you wanted to play it like the, the new modified way. Right. Because um, I think having the armor with the flashlight on it takes away a little bit um, from, you know, the original's horror aspects uh in a way but at the same time i remember my buddy and i were remarking like what the hell it's like what 25th 21:50, and they couldn't find a way to get you know armor on a marine with <laughs> no like, shit. like they, they can go to mars <laughs> they can go to mars <laughs> the but... and the plasma gun but we can't get a flashlight on yeah. armor <laughs> we didn't bring any duct tape to tape a flashlight yeah. on top of your yeah. rifle so godspeed right. godspeed <laughs> marine fuck me um <laughs> that fuck that's funny yeah dude it's it's uh I, I just, because basically, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it reinvented Doom. It like, did, right? Like, it has a story, and it has, like, the I don't, I, I admittedly, I haven't played Doom one or Doom two in forever. I don't even know if they have a fucking story or it, not. But like, it this really one is it's like recreation of the first Doom uh, when you think about it, right? Because like the original Doom, you're this lone marine, all of a sudden, uh, hell broke loose, no pun intended, right? Yeah. And uh, and hey, you're you're there to save the world, right? So and starts off on the UAC station, and then you eventually move into hell. Uh, no different than Doom Three, but now you you finally have the graphical capabilities, right? And they're able to build the world um, to so you can really see firsthand, like what the hell is going on, what the hell's happening around you. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what made Doom Three uh, unique. And you know, Doom's always been like you said, it's a very it's a bare bones shooter, right? It's shoot demons, uh, move, strafe, shoot rinse and repeat right so doom 3 kind of follows that formula but i think with the horror atmosphere that's what elevated it to like a whole new level so. yeah and the stuff like and like and this is one of my semi gripes with the game and i'll get into it later so i'm no i'm curious what you think but like they really did try to with the pdas and with the yes. videos and the emails and the text message and like all the things you can find that that if you if you take the time to read and watch every and listen to everything it really does flush out what has happened here and, 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 and all that. But like, I, I, I personally don't, 
I love that. I just, I don't mind the story building aspect. I found the PDAs annoying when I needed to go through them and find the codes to get into lockers, but that's me. Exactly. (laughs) That's, and that's just me. I just want to shoot shit. I'm not here for the story. I know that I'm on Mars and they've somehow released hell. And like, that's all I need. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to shoot shit, but I'm curious. Like, I don't remember hating them back in the day. So maybe it's just that I've become numb to them now. But like, yeah, did they, I, like, what about you? Like, yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, I mean, the first time I played it, I loved it. You know, I took all the time to search uh, every nook and cranny, find every PDA I could find. I would read every single one of them, listen to all the audio logs, uh, and of course use it to find the locker codes. Um, but when I played it again with the BFG edition, and then I was replaying it again, I was just like quickly scrolling through and like, give me the locker code. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, I quickly realized that, uh, as cool as the allure that they were creating with the PDAs and everything and, and like really fleshing out the story and the background of some of the characters and stuff, you know, at the end of the day, every PDA revolved around Dr. Petruger's an asshole. He's ruining things. Uh, we need help. Uh, and, and I was like, it's the same thing. It's just from a different character's perspective. So that's when I stopped reading them and I'm like, just give me the locker code and just let yeah. me get back to, uh, you know, being scared and shooting things. So totally, I'm with yeah. you. And I, and I think part of that is just the fact that like we've just become so accustomed to that kind of stuff. Now, like I'm a huge, have you played dead space? Yeah. I'm actually playing the remake now. Uh, and yeah. I, I enjoy, I enjoy the audio logs because I can still walk around and, yes. and interact with stuff. Um, but I'm the text ones. I'm like, Oh crap. Another text one. I'll put, I'll read it later. Yeah. Uh, so. Same here. Same here. <laughs> Cause it's breaking up the whole flow of the game. Yeah, same here. But I think like that's one of the things like I I just like this. Like I loved this game back in the day. Replaying it, I'm like, I definitely think I liked it more 20 years ago than I like it now, yes. but I still like it now. It's still Doom. It's still fun. Um, I see the influence of this game on games like Dead Space that I love so much. And I think that's like to me, that's like for all intents and purposes, Doom was dead. And then Doom yeah. 3 brought it back. And then we got Doom 2016 and we got Doom Eternal. And I think both those games are fucking magnificent. I love Doom Eternal so much. Like, and I don't want the series to go away. And like, I it has Doom 3 to thank. Like, this was the one that that made Doom relevant again. This was a big fucking deal back in the day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think, um, yeah, I think Doom 3 kind of revitalized the franchise. And then it was nice seeing uh, Doom and Doom Eternal. Uh, to me, it's like a combination of has some of the atmosphere of Doom 3, but then goes back to the basics of what made the original Doom and Doom 2 awesome, right? Just shooting tons of demons. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're in these huge arenas. Um, the cool gameplay mechanics that they have now with Eternal uh, and stuff like that. But yeah, I know for, you know, you figure it was close to 10 years after Doom 2 and everyone's like, where the hell's Doom? And then all of a sudden, you know, ID comes out, has a new, I think it's ID Tech 3 and we're showing off, you know, this... Uh, this cool game and we're like holy crap doom's back so yeah man it's fucking yeah. sick i yeah fuck unreal um so okay so i have a few questions i want to know your opinion on a few things here uh you mentioned that this came out at the same time as half-life 2 uh, around around yes. then and like we've been talking about that on the streams about how they were both so uh synonymous with each other and compared to each other all the time and stuff like that i have an opinion but i'm saving it uh <laughs> preference Doom 3 or Half-Life 2? And both are great. I'm not dunking on the one you don't pick. I like both. But is there? do you prefer one or the other? I'd have to go with Half-Life 2. Uh, I mean, uh, Doom 3 is, is amazing. Uh, but if I'm comparing the two, uh, I, I got to give the edge to Half-Life 2. 
Um, just the way um, the gameplay in, in Half-Life 2, how they mixed it up, how they built off of the original. Um, like that was my most anticipated game of 2004 was Half-Life 2. So yeah. as amazing as Doom 3 was when Half-Life 2 came out, you know, Doom 3 shot, you know, sat on the shelf, man. And uh, between playing Half-Life 2 and then Counter-Strike Source, uh, I was in heaven. So uh, I think Half-Life 2 definitely definitely edges it over Doom 3 um, in its presentation. But the big thing was just um, offering some different gameplay mechanics. Uh, not wasn't just, uh, you know, just shoot demons and uh, hope you can illuminate things with your flashlight. So Yeah. And you know what's wild is that I would argue you don't have the Half-Life franchise without the original Dooms. No, like you Doom, don't. Right? But then... Doom 3 comes out and they're like, hey, Doom is back. And Half-Life was like, yeah, well, we we figured this out. And it like again, both great games. It's just funny that two such two games that are so important would come out in the same like, man, 2004 was a fucking banger of a year. Jesus Christ. Oh, it was. Fuck me. Well, and think about it. I wonder if Doom 3 would would have been the same game if we didn't have Half-Life, right? Because yeah. it follows a similar way totally. of Half-Life, right? Where it's seamless from one area to the next, uh, and and building a story around it. Um without much dialogue it's more of just understanding things as you're coming across items and the pdas and stuff like that yeah i mean half-life really benchmark and set the way for how we have first person shooters today totally yeah yeah they're very uh yeah they're they helped each other a lot for sure yes uh favorite and least favorite weapon oh boy all right uh i know probably everyone goes with the bfg but for me is if i'm going with doom 3 uh the plasma rifle was my best friend. Yeah. Um, you had plenty of ammo. It was pretty powerful. Uh, I enjoyed the rocket launcher, but because everything was so cl close quarters, I would get so frustrated with the freaking splash damage. I would oh. just save it for the boss. It yes. was just so annoying. Uh, so um, plasma rifle and then the grenades. Worst, worst weapon. Um, your character throws them like, you know, like a, uh, like a, a little boy trying to throw a baseball. Like I um, throw a baseball. Literally, yeah, that is how yeah, that's, like if you, you were to watch baseball, me play Adam. baseball, that's how this guy throws a grenade. I get it. A hundred percent. Yes. But yeah, to me, I'm like, these are just completely useless. Um, so yeah, least favorite was definitely the grenades, and definitely my favorite was the was the plasma rifle. Like how about it. you? Uh I'm gonna you know what? I'll save my favorite, but I will say as someone that's not very good at first person shooters and relies on a good shotgun to carry them through a game because it's the big spread. Cause I'm not very good. I hate the shotgun. This fucking game. I think it feels think just, it feels like that. a rifle. Like it feels like just like a big pistol. It drives me crazy. And I think they did that on purpose because if you get really up close and personal, uh, it does amazing damage. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like the shotgun of doom and doom tune that we remember. Right. So, yeah, but you know, the whole game was revolved around being up close and personal with, with the uh, creatures and the zombies yeah. and everything. So it forced you to have to be up and close and crap your pants and hope that you kill them in one or two hits. Yeah. I just suck and rely on that giant yeah. spread. And when I don't <laughs> yeah. have it, I'm a, such a bad shot that I'm, I don't, I'm playing my eye, but when I don't have the, like that wide <laughs> shot, I'm like, fuck me. And then you're right. And then I'm like, well, grenades will save me. And then he, he just, he fucking like, yeah. And just kind of uh, yeah. drops them in front of him. And then there's a rocket launcher that blows you up and it's just, fuck me. I'll just give me a chainsaw and get the fuck out of my way. And That's I'll right. find my way through this. <laughs> and the whole time fucking Kelly's yelling at me to hurry up. And I got to save, I can save this for the show. Fucking Kelly. Fuck. I hate him so fucking much. Oh man. And then he turns out to be an asshole when he comes after fuck you and him. tries to kill you. Yeah. Most satisfying kill ever. Fuck. I hate that yep. guy. <laughs> uh fucking it was fun man i like by the end of it i was getting a little and that's what i found with it the first time is that 
by the end of the game, I feel like the novelty has worn off, the scares have worn off, and you're yeah. like, now I'm just finishing it for the sake of finishing it, in my opinion. But that first half to 60% of the game, especially back in 2004, 2005, was just incredible. Just I think if they would have ended it at the hell portion of it, it would have been a lot better. But you had that extra hour and a, uh, to an hour and a half in the central computer yeah. processing area. And to me, that's what drugged on the most. Like if yeah. they would have just stopped that hell, been done with it, you kill the cyber demon, you're done. That would have been perfect. But yeah, like you said, that last hour, an hour and a half is a slog. You're like, I just want to get this thing done at this point. Yeah. So just overstate. And so many games do that. Looking at you fucking half life and your yes. goddamn fucking outer space levels that I hate so <laughs> fucking much. <laughs> ah. Um, Brandon, we need to score this thing. And I always like to let my uh my sponsor guests uh pick the score the scale. They have one, knowing damn well that there's absolutely no logic or meaning behind my scales whatsoever. And so I asked you, and I love that all of you are starting to come prepared now. You guys are like, oh, right. I put some time into this. I know. <laughs> so so the floor is yours. How are we scoring Doom 3? And what are you scoring it? The floor is yours. All right. We're scoring it at a 30. Uh, so for those who may not know that the original Doom came out in December of 1993. So it's going to be, it's its 30th anniversary for the Doom franchise. So I thought, hey, let's uh, let's shoot for 30 this time around. I think that'd be a good way to uh, score Doom 3. It's a very logical, considering the last one of these we did, we sponsored it by the number of words a woman uses to try yes. to seduce you. <laughs> this is, <laughs> which was a great scale too. This is a, yes. this is a much more logical scale. I respect it. So out of 30, what are you doing? Doom 3. Uh, if I, I'm going to, I'm going to grade in two ways. So one is if I was grading it, you know, back in the day when I first played it, I would definitely give it a, uh, probably a 27 out of 30 um, just because of what it was trying to accomplish back in the time, the atmosphere it created um, the, the way it really scared the hell out of me and my buddy. Uh, and yeah, just kind of revitalizing the doom franchise uh, replaying it now, probably give it maybe a 23 out of 30 uh, definitely uh, gets a little old towards the end. Uh, I got pissed off two times when they took my weapons away two different times. Remember when you go into hell, they take your weapons away. And when you yes. leave hell, they take, and I'm like, this is, I hate when games do that. It's like you build up this arsenal and they did it twice. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I'd say 27 out of 30 back in the day. And now 23 out of 30, just because of some of the uh, annoying tropes that they have in it. I like it. Yeah, dude, that fucking weapon thing. It's just like how when you play the next game in a Metroidvania series and the characters lost every power they had and you have to start from scratch again. And I'm like, yes. where the fuck do they all go? I can live with it if you like if I get caught and then you take all my weapons away. But then when I break out of prison, they're all sitting in one place and I pick them up and I have my gear back. I can live with that. But you're right. Twice and I oh, fuck it. I gotta look at from my fucking weapons again. And then 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 the first one you find is one that fucking sucks, like that fucking yeah. shotgun. And anyways. I don't want to get angry. I like this like crap. Now I got to fight a freaking uh, you know, Hell Knight with my pistol because I'm yeah. trying to find the other weapons. No thanks. Goddamn Doom Three. Um, man, I was so much fun to go back and replay this game. I'm so glad I got to play this again. I don't think I ever would have without this episode. So, uh, Brandon, dude, did you play the? Uh, did you play the BFG edition? Uh, I, is that what you played? I think so. I played the one that's on Game Pass, which I believe is the BFG edition. Yeah, because I had okay. the flashlight out all the time and stuff. Um. I'm so glad I just, it was really fun. It was fun to replay it. I was like, I fucking, I remember this game. I don't know. Like it'll probably be 20 years before I play it again, but uh, like, it was fun. It was just fun to go back to it. And I like doom and it was fun to go back and play it again. So thank you for obviously uh, your, your, your support of the show and your generosity. Thank you for turning me back on to doom. Cause fuck doom three is good times. 
And uh, thank you for taking time to come on my stupid podcast and talk to me about stupid old video games, man. I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, this was uh, this was awesome, dude. Appreciate it. All right, let's talk some Doom Three, baby. Uh, this is an interesting episode because if you mainly, you, maybe you've noticed, this is what episode two hundred and thirty-six. Uh, probably over the last 50, 60, 70 episodes, there have been more and not more, but it's, it's become more and more common, more frequent where I'm playing a game for the first time and reviewing it on the show. And the, the simple fact is when, when I launched this show, you know, almost five years ago, uh, Shaylee, my girlfriend said like, what are you going to do when you run out of games to talk about? And I was like, I'm never going to run out of games to talk about. And I haven't, as you all know, there's a long list of games we haven't talked about on the show yet. But one thing I am starting to run into is games that I played back in their day. It is becoming more and more frequent that I have to play the games to get ready for the show. Cause it, sometimes I see comments, people like this guy must've played a lot of video games and I have, but I am slowly starting to run out of games that I grew up playing. Fortunately, Doom 3 is one of the ones that I did play back when it came out. And I haven't played it again. I played it on Xbox, so I get it out there right now because I know this was a PC game as well. I played the original Xbox release. When it came out, I bought the collector's edition in the metal case. It came with Doom 1 and Doom 2 and shit, which was fucking awesome. Uh, and I loved this game. Loved this game back when it came out. And then I don't think... I played it again until February of 2023 when I decided to replay it to get ready for an episode of this show. And the, the point I'm trying to make is I'm glad that I played it back when it came out because it's still fun today. It still looks nice. It still holds up. I'm going to get into the game, but I don't think it can be overstated how important it was uh, to have experienced this game back when it came out. This is one of those games like a Halo 2. When Halo 2 came out, if you were around back then and you were playing games when Halo 2 launched, you remember. It was it was a force to be fucking reckoned with. Like, the world stopped for Halo 2 for a little while. And Mario Brothers 3, going back as far as the NES. If you're, if you're an old-timer like me and you grew up back when Mario 3 was coming out, that game was religion. It was fucking everywhere. And I'm not saying that Doom 3 is on the level of Halo 2 or Super Mario Brothers 3, because let's be honest, it's not. When you look at lists of all of the greatest Doom games of all time ranked and stuff like that, Doom 3, usually not in the top three or four games. It's usually fairly, you know, middle of the road. Uh, I, I'm sure there's the occasional person who's going to say Doom 3 is their favorite Doom, but I think... If you were to run a poll of Doom diehards, which I would, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would consider myself a semi Doom diehard because I've played most of the Doom games. I like, I, there's not one that I dislike, but if you were to poll Doom diehards, I don't think Doom 3 would be coming out on top of the poll as the most popular Doom game. But I'm telling you, like, it's, it's, it's fun to play now. It might seem a little bit bare bones and very basic, but if you were playing this game when it came out, Dude, back in fucking what, 2004, 2005, it was, it was, it was fucking, I'd never experienced anything like this. It was just, it, I'm, I'm reading a book right now about Doom. I think it's called Masters of Doom. And uh, it's all about the creation of the original Doom and Doom 2 and, and Quake and stuff like that. And I haven't, I don't know if the book covers Doom 3. I haven't gotten to Doom 3 yet, but 
I kind of missed out on the... I promise I'm going to get to Doom 3. I have a point here. Uh, I kind of missed out on the original Doom and Doom 2 when they came out. I didn't play them until later. We didn't have a PC in my house, or we did, but it kind of sucked. and I didn't get to know them until way later. So while I've played Doom and I really like Doom and I understand the, the legacy and the impact that the original Doom had on gaming, I wasn't around to experience it. This one I was. And while Doom 3 didn't have the impact... Because a lot of people took what Doom, the original Doom, did and, and made it better. And this one came out against Half-Life, and I think most people would agree Half-Life went on to have a much bigger legacy uh, than Doom 3 did. Um, there was something about this game when it launched. It was just so terrifying, and it was so dark, and it was so realistic. And maybe some of you are going to mock me and be like, dude, that's not even true. This game wasn't... But like, I'm telling you, I played this. On my Xbox in fucking 2005 when it came out. And I... On Xbox. And I'd, I'd never played anything like this. I remember the first half of this game just being fucking horrifying. I remember thinking the graphics were as incredible as anything I'd ever seen. And of course, yeah, like when you look at it today... I played it on stream. I played most of this game on stream. And people were hanging out and watching it. And commenting about how it still looks good and it still holds up. And admittedly, I was playing it on my Xbox Series X. And I think I was playing... I mean, I'm sure it's been up and cleaned up for the Series X and I'm playing like the most recent, you know, build of it. And it's probably not what it looks like on an original Xbox uh, if you were to fire it up on an OG Xbox and play it today. But like it, back then there was, I'd never experienced anything like this. And, and this has always been my love-hate relationship with Doom 3. When I played this game back in 2005, for the first half of this game... I was, I was in shock. Like I was, it was, it was horrifying. And remember that when you came out, we'll get more into the mechanics, but you had to balance your flashlight to your gun. And, uh, whereas in the modern versions, you can have your gun on your flashlight on while you're shooting and it, it does alleviate some of the tension. It also kind of makes the game more playable at the same time. Like, I think the reason they made the flashlight compatible with your gun was because a lot of people were complaining that it was a little bit frustrating. But but back then, I just, like, the first half of this game, every time I turned a corner and I heard something, I was like, oh, fuck me. You know, here comes another one of these fucking demon beasts, and I'm lost on this, you know, fucking Mars, and here come these skeletons with rockets on their shoulders. And, give me the, and it was incredible. But by the second half of the game, you start to realize that, like, it... And I still feel like this, I still feel this way about Doom 3 right now. I, I think it's it's very pretty in a scary, not pretty way. It's like it's very easy on the eyes. It's horrifying to look at. It sounds great. But I do think the game I, I think that that comes at the expense of the gameplay, to be quite frank. And I think that by the second half of the game, you know the patterns. You fight so many, I don't know any of the names of the characters in Doom, but like those fucking demons that show up that whip fireballs at you that are like super, they're the Goombas of Doom. Like they're fucking everywhere. The first half of the game, they're, they're horrifying. By the second half of the game, you realize like just stand in one spot till they make a fireball in their hand and then take one step to the left or the right. They'll throw the fireball right past you and it's open season on them. And then some of the tension starts to disappear. And I remember thinking this when I first played it back on the Xbox and I felt the same way playing it now on my Series X, you know, almost 20 years later. The, the, the first half is great. And then by the about three quarter mark i'm like all right i'm just ready for this to be done and then you end up going to hell like in doom and you're fighting in hell and you're fighting fucking demons in hell and all that kind of stuff and like by the end of that i i usually i felt the same way as i did when i played it back in the day i was like it's kind of over slightly overstaying its welcome like i'm ready to be done 
I'm, I'm, you know, like it's, it has a story. I don't think the story is great. I respect that they tried to put a story in it because as I'm learning, reading this doom book, the original dooms story was like a non-factor. They just wanted to make something scary and gory and blowing shit up. And I appreciate that they tried to put a story in this one and, and there's cut scenes and you have to deal with Kelly. I fuck, I hate that guy. And you know, you find the PDAs, I, whoa, which I'm going to rant about and you can read people's emails and listen to their voicemails and stuff. like. And I understand, you know, that people are experimenting on opening a portal to hell and all this kind of shit. But at the end of the day, like I, people correct me if I'm wrong, but like my favorite doom is doom eternal. I fucking love that game. And I don't even know if there is a story of Doom Eternal. I'm sure there is, but I don't remember what it is. I just remember how much fun it is to go from room to room fighting enemies and fucking blowing shit up. And it's fast and scary and awesome. That's what I want out of my Doom. And I feel like this game does a great job of capturing that atmosphere and making it creepy. And there are times when this game is fucking creepy. But, and I appreciate that they tried to give you a reason to go from room to room fighting the enemies. But at the same time, it's like, there's only so many times I can go into a dark corridor and fight three or four more of those things that throw fireballs at me or the flying fucking pusball ghost heads before I'm like, all right, I fought all these like a hundred times. You know what I mean? Like it's, and that's, and, and so now eight minutes later, I guess this is what I'm trying to make as my first point against, not against, but my first point when it comes to this game is just, if you're listening to this and you've never played Doom 3 and this episode makes you want to play Doom 3, that's great, and I think you should. I think if you're a Doom fan, you should play Doom 3. It's a fun game, but... I just think shooters... If you weren't there to experience just how special it was to look at back in 2004, 2005, it's just not going to hit as hard today. And I, I, just, I think that makes sense. I think anyone that grew up back then will understand. When you replay it now, you're like, this is great. And it does still look nice. But I I hate to say it because I like this game and I'm going to give it a decent score. But like, it's almost, it's, it, it's almost kind of boring by the end. The first half is so much fun and by the end it gets kind of boring. And, and if you heard the Play One Remake Wanna Race one this week, I went with shooters from 2004 and we had Metroid Prime 2, we had Half-Life 2, and uh, we had Halo 2. And those are all shooters that came out in 2004 and well listen, hey, bow down to the king. I respect Doom and its impact on the industry as much as anybody else. I would argue that like Half-Life 2 is a bigger, has stood the test of time and is a bigger, more notable title than Doom 3 is. Halo 2 is certainly a bigger, more notable title than Doom 3 is. Is Metroid Prime 2? I don't know. Maybe? Like that's, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, there was a time where Doom was Doom and everybody else was playing to catch up. And, and I, if you've never played it, this is like a, I hope I'm not just rambling too much. I ever know when I do these solo episodes, but Doom 3 was almost like a relaunching, a reimagining of Doom. Because after Doom and Doom 2 and some of the ports and stuff, they had gone to making Quake and things like that. Now, this was like, we're bringing Doom back. And I, that's what sold me on it. You know, I, I played Halo 2 when it came out. I've never played Metroid Prime 2, and I didn't play Half-Life 2 until years later. But I was interested in this game because I was like, dude, I remember Doom. Like, Doom is awesome. And now it's like... I don't mean to be insulting to the developers, but I'm almost like, I feel like some people at this point knew your recipe better than you, if that makes sense. So, so let's, okay. Now that I've just rambled for 11 minutes, let's let, so if you've never played it, it's doom. It's like a, I don't believe it has any, um, connection to the original games. I guess it's, 
I guess like a relaunch, reimagining, just like a separate game, as far as I understand. So, you know, if I'm wrong, yell at me. Uh, you basically play as the classic Doom guy, a faceless Marine, and you end up on a, a colony or a spaceship or whatever in Mars. And then as soon as you get there, shit starts hitting the fan, and then you start fighting demons and ghosts and shit like that. And it turns out that they've opened a portal to hell, and they're coming in from hell, and there's this crazy evil scientist that wants to fucking bring hell to Earth, and blah, 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 and basically that's like that is the game and and you just walk through fighting these demons and when it comes to like i say just looking at the game i still think to this moment this game looks spectacular i'm dude i'm like i have played shooters that came out after doom 3 that don't look as good as doom 3 does like it looks fucking exquisite and i like that so much of the game is based in tight areas you're you're going through this ship and there's a lot of times where you're in like these tight hallways and tight corridors and going around corners and not being able to see. And what's cool about these demons being from hell is that it's very easy to make them spawn out of nowhere and not be stupid about it and not be cheap. You know, you can turn the corner and then you'll hear the noise. You query very quickly. You get to know the noise of the creatures in this game spawning from hell. Um, but you're almost whipping around and, and everything is so dark. So much of this game is so dark and you can't see. And you're whipping around trying to find where this portal is spawning one of these enemies. And you may not find it until one of them gets the jump on you. Because so much of the game is, I think, intentionally designed to make you feel claustrophobic and and you're on walkways with rails on both sides up in the you know walking through the ship and going around corners and i think all of that plays fucking perfectly i and again that gets back to like i never really realized it until i played but it almost feels like the second half of the game opens up a little bit and again that makes it easier to deal with these enemies when you come across the first few basic goomba enemies whatever the fuck they're called the ones that show up and yell at you and make fireballs in their hands and whip them at you and you're fighting them on these narrow fucking squished in hallways where you can barely see around it is intense because you can't just sidestep the fireballs and things like that but then when you start to get into some of the more open areas and you've got room to move around and stuff then they almost become laughable because you're like you're just going to stand there and like you don't even adjust your aim you just make this fireball and then whip it at wherever i'm standing so i just have to wait for you to start forming the fireball take a step over and and, and open up uh but I, I do, for the most part, like what it tries to do with atmosphere. And I think that's this game's strongest point. I think the plot is whatever. I don't, I don't think the plot... Basically, what I just told you is the plot. Uh, I'm not going to spoil the whole game in case this does con convince anyone to play it. But the long and short of it is you get there and then you end up on this ship and then and everything goes to literally goes to hell. And creatures start coming out of hell. And there's this fucking scientist there who's trying to invade the you know earth with these fucking demons and these hells and stuff like that and sergeant kelly which by the way i don't understand why shooters like i we were making fun of like back for blood and stuff why do so many shooters have to have these like high-ranking military officials that do absolutely nothing but tell you to do all the work i'm playing dead space right now and hammond is fucking useless i play doom 3 and kelly is like hey go do this marine and then go do this and then get your ass in gear and get over there and i'm like well where the fuck are you do you want to, are you going to help me get to back to work, Marine and blah, blah. And like back for blood. You fucking, you just have this like military guy telling these civilians, take all these guns and get out there and fight the zombies. while I drink this cocoa. Like they just fucking drives me. It just, I don't know why it's like a pet peeve of mine when I get these fucking higher ups yelling at me to go out and do things. And then they don't fucking do anything, but that's basically the long and short of it. You end up going to hell and you end up fighting like they, I think they call it the cyber demon, which is like the biggest, meanest 
baddest badass from hell and then you end up closing the portal to hell and that that is the long and short of the story uh like i say the story is whatever the gameplay i think is kind of shallow where this game shines is the atmosphere pardon me the atmosphere and the and the the creepy claustrophobic feeling it gives you and how dark it is and again if you've played the original version or if you can get your hands on the original version you have to choose between your gun and your flashlight and that decision some people don't like it um i haven't played the original in a long time so i don't know if i can speak to whether or not i like that I don't remember having a problem with it back then, but replaying it now on my Xbox, it was pretty rad. Um, being able to use your flashlight on and off at the same time, because there are times where like it, you can, all you can really see is the fireballs that these fucking creatures are making. And until you turn your flashlight on and look at them and you can't even, it's not like you're fighting them in a field where you're moving around and it just, it cannot be I, like, if you're going to play it, I highly recommend playing it at the highest and I rarely do this. I think most of you, most of my longtime listeners know I'm a, this is a retro gaming podcast. I'm not one to sit here and harp on graphics and resolution and stuff like that. But uh, if you're going to play this, like I implore you play it at the highest resolution you can wear headphones, play it on the, the best looking screen or monitor or whatever that you can, because where this game shines is its atmosphere and it doesn't do it justice dude to, to play it on like a crappy setup. You, you come across all these old Marines and these old scientists that have been left behind. There's one part very early in the game before shit hits the fan where you're just kind of, I don't think you even have a gun yet and you're just walking through the ship and you come across this one scientist or, or engineer, whatever the fuck he is. And he's yelling into like a vent where another one is in there working on like a problem. And then moments later shit hits the fan and then you come back and they're gone. And you know that like the one in there has been eaten and the other one, like there's blood everywhere and it's stuff like that is just so awesome. The way you come across like, you know, Marines that have been critically wounded or scientists that are terrified and hiding in vents and up in skies and stuff like, like they're like, this ship is, I hate to keep using this pun, but this ship has literally gone to hell and uh, you can come across, you find out, you realize just how scared everybody that's left up there is because they're stranded on fucking Mars with these creatures that are just coming out and, and destroying everything. And it's just, it cannot, I cannot stress enough the atmosphere and and by today's standards you might play it and compare it to something like um outlast or dead space or resident evil remake or insert your favorite scary game here and it might not seem that bad but as soon as i started playing it it just took me back to what it was like 20 years ago and i was like i i remember how special i'm so glad i played this back then because i remember how special uh this all felt so I think that's absolutely its highest point. Graphically, it looks great. It's very, very, with one exception, and I don't even know if this is, a, this is less graphics and more the design that irritates me. It's very rare that you that you are confused about what something is or whether or not you can interact with like a switch or a door or can you climb this ladder or can you go over there? It's it's pretty rare that you find yourself confused. And by that and in that sense and in that what I mean by that is like graphically this game looks great. Where I find it frustrating is number 1, it does a little 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 bit of platforming. And the platforming in my opinion fucking sucks. Anyone that was watching my playthrough on Steam or stream, pardon me. Uh there's one part where you have to like you have to get up to this vent and to get up there, there are all these uh, 
I don't know what they're called. Like they look like, like, like storage cubes or something. And they're in the wall and you have access to like a control panel. And you basically have to tell like a big crane arm to grab one of those, uh, cases, bring it down and put it on this platform. Then you have to tell the, the crane arm to take that, that case up again, like pick that case back up and put it back in the wall. And you have to stand on the box while the crane takes you over there. And I must've fucked this up. 300 times because every time I was standing in the wrong place and the crane arm would kill me or I, the box would kill me or I'd fall off. And it, I just doom eternal didn't do platforming too bad, but I got to be honest. Generally, I don't care for platforming in a first person game. And I don't think this game does it well at all. And it only, fortunately it only does it a couple of times, but I just found it so goddamn frustrating when it would try to put some platforming. I was like, it's not necessary. This isn't Mario. This is Doom. Why am I trying to walk the tightrope here or fight this? Or like, just let me like, like, or pardon me, jump here and do like, I just want to, I just want to shoot stuff. That's why I'm playing Doom. If I want to play platformer, I'll play a platformer. Let me shoot stuff. So that my first minor criticism of this game is that I do think occasionally it tries to do something different and it frustrates me. My biggest problem with this game though is the PDA system and it ties into the gameplay loop, which is why I want to bring it up here. Well, I was streaming it. Somebody came into the stream and said, Hey, is this game kind of like the cheesy old doom game? Anyone? I think I have to imagine most people listening to this have played the original dooms. And if you have, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. There's stuff like the, Oh, find the blue key card. That'll open the blue door. Find the yellow key card. That'll open the yellow door. And they were like, do they have that same cheesy color corded or color coordinated access card system? They don't, but I wish they did because what this game fucking does instead is it seems like every, oh, I mean, every employee that was on this ship, uh, every crew member, whatever, had a, had a PDA, a personal data assistant. Keep in mind, this was released in 2005. They're not iPhones and, and shit like that. They're just, you know, they're kind of Blackberry-ish, but they're just like classic things. And you, and you find other people's PDAs laying around all over the place, and then you can open them up and you can go through them and you can read their personal emails. And sometimes you can listen to audio logs and stuff like that. And I want to, I want to make sure I get this out of the way. I respect that id or I, I've always called them id. I don't know if it's id or id. I'm, I'm going to call them id. I respect that they tried to put a story in after Doom and One and Doom Two basically had nothing. And I respect how much time it takes to go through and write all of these little emails that you can read in these email chains and these little stories. And if you're playing the game for the first time and you're picking up all these PDAs and you're flipping through them and you're reading all the comments and stuff, it really it it does add to the atmosphere and you kind of figure out what was happening around that. Some of them are just funny. Some of them are like spam emails, but some of them talk about what happened on the ship or like, um, you know, requests for new equipment and stuff like that. And I don't, you know, listen, when games keep that optional, I have no problem with you putting that kind of, so many games have that kind of stuff in there, right? Where if you want to get deep into the lore and read all every comment written and laying around and stuff, you can, and it'll add to your experience. I have no problem with that. The issue with this game, in my opinion, the single biggest drawback to Doom 3, more so than the fact that I find the gameplay loop gets repetitive, is that there are so many instances where you come across, okay, I shouldn't say like, okay, well, there's, there are a ton of instances where you come across storage lockers throughout the game. And most of them, like 99% of these things are optional. 
It's just if you want to go through your PDAs, occasionally you'll find, like, they all have, like, combination locks on them. And occasionally there'll be one where, like, a post-it note will be somewhere that'll say, like, locker 49, the combination is 069. Nice. And you can go back and just open in 069 and open it. But the vast, vast majority of these equipment lockers, the only way to find the combination, unless you want to just Google them and find a list, is to fucking go through every goddamn PDA. And you might have simply missed a PDA. And go through all the PDAs and go through all the emails and find the ones where they're like, you know, hey, Jen, uh, too many rations showed up. I put some in storage locker 46. The combination is 384. And it's like, it's so, I'm like, I didn't think this was fun in 2005 and I don't think it's fun now. I, I don't want to read emails while I play my game. And if you want to make it optional lore and storytelling, Fucking A. I'm all for that. But when I have to do it to look for, like, when I'm running low on ammo, I'm like, fuck me. I need to figure out how to get into the storage locker. So now I got to open my fucking PDAs and go through them. And then you might not have found the PDA. And so now you got to go back and go looking for the PDA. And I have no beef with them even putting the combinations in the PDAs. And if you don't find the right PDA because it's kind of optional and kind of hidden, then you don't get into the storage locker. I don't even have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is having to read the emails to find the codes. And I don't think this was a good idea. I think once I have the PDA with the code in it, just let, if I want to read it, I can. If not, just let me go to the storage locker and open it. That's all it should do. It's, I shouldn't have to fucking read through it to find the code. Just let me go up to it and then it says access granted or something like And just have them automatic. Like, it drove me fucking bananas. It just got so old so fast because there are so many of these fucking lockers. And you got to read through these PDAs. And even that, that is a semi criticism so my minor criticisms are done my semi-criticism is that reading the emails are frustrating my main oh the platforming as well as a semi-criticism my biggest problem with this game are that there's only a few instances of it but you're gonna come across instances where you need a pda to carry on with the game maybe you need a pda for security clearance which it does sometimes so then why don't you just do it to let me into the storage lockers it doesn't do it for that but it might be like oh you want into this door you need to bring this ladder down to keep moving you need to find the right pda to have security clearance to access the computer to fucking do it it automates it once you find the fucking pda but you did you it, they're so easy to miss sometimes and it is so goddamn frustrating when you get to a point you fight a bunch of demons and then you're like fuck now what do i do and now there's not even any more demons because they don't respawn i just have to walk back and walk in aimless fucking directions and sometimes it's very linear and there's one way to go one place to go sometimes it's split into a whole bunch of different rooms off a hallway and i have to go looking through every single one to find these they don't glow it's not like picture final fantasy 7 where shit shines and has a little shimmer on it that's they're trying to make it look realistic and it does it looks great but those PDAs can be so easy to miss and it's so frustrating. And I was like, that's what I was saying on my stream. Somebody said, does it have the stupid color coordinated, you know, key card system? And I said, no, but honestly, I fucking kind of wish that it did because it would be so much less frustrating than looking for a stupid PDA that can blend into the background and be so easy to miss. Or sometimes you have to go up to like a computer screen and just touch it to be like, should I, you know, vent radioactive gas? And you have to go up and push it. But if you aren't listening or you missed it, then you don't hit the screen because most of them look like background things. And then you walk around like a dipshit for 10 minutes until you either Google it or go back and realize the screen. Oh, I understand what they were trying to do. And I mean that, I do. 
and I don't think it's horribly implemented, but I just found the, the PDA to me, that's the single biggest fault with this game is the PDA system is they're just, there's too many of them. Two thirds of them are useless and provide nothing other than backstory. And I don't think they should have hid progression in them. I just find it annoying. Uh, a few people during my streams were like, what most people just do now is they'll just Google a spreadsheet or like a list of all the fucking uh, security codes. And I didn't do it, but I should have. I wanted to be a traditionalist and go through it the OG way. And I don't know, maybe I didn't hate it as much as I thought I did back in 2005. Maybe it's just now in 2023 where most like... When you're young and you have your first email account, it's like exciting every time you get an email. You're like, oh my God, Pottery Barn's having a sale. I better read this. But in 2023, at 39 years old, four out of five emails I get are like, hey, make your dick bigger. And I'm like, my dick is fine. I don't want to read any more emails. And I don't want to play a video game where I'm forced to read fucking emails. So anyway, uh, so those are my complaints. I, I don't like the platforming. I think the gameplay does get a little bit tedious. Uh, I think the game overstays its welcome a little bit. And and primarily, my far my biggest complaint is that I think the PDA system is stupid. And frankly, I miss the color-coordinated key cards. Oh my God, I miss them. Uh, but now those are like, as you all know, sometimes what I end up doing is I'll get into the bad and then I'll shift it over to the good. Because I have some things about this game I really want to... I want to talk about some of the enemies. I want to talk about some of the weapons. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit more about the atmosphere because those are some of the things about this game that I really liked and why I think it's so much fun to play. And we're going to get to all that in just a minute because I'm going to pause to drink some coffee and uh, maybe hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad, the ugly... I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Okay, so let's talk about the good in this game because I like it's going to get a decent score. Like it's going to get a uh you'll have to listen to the end if you want to know what score I'm going to give it. But I'm certainly not going to fail it. I certainly don't dislike this game. I had a lot of like but here's the thing. Like I like it. I had fun replaying it. By the end I was like, I don't know, like it'll probably be 20 years before I play this game again, but I did enjoy it. And I just I don't want to spend too much more time on the atmosphere aspect because I feel like I've already beaten that horse to death. But I just I really I cannot understate 
how well done I think the level designs are, minus the platforming and PDA shit. But like when you're just walking through, dude, it's fucking sick. You do feel like you're on this colony up in Mars. There are times where you actually can see Mars. You're outside and you're running through, you know, on the red planet trying to get from one door to another and stuff like that. And it was, it's a lot of fun. It, it really does. It, it looks so creepy when you're in the ship and the power, like sometimes the lights are flickering on and off. Sometimes you can see like the shadows or like it's, it's, it, it does such a great job of, of closing you in. And you're, you're like, there's so many instances where you'll come around a corner and you'll be looking down a hallway that then ends in like hooks. Like say, say you look down, a, say you come around a, a blind corner and then you look down this fairly long hallway. That's pretty dark, pretty narrow, there's only a couple of lights on, and then that hallway hooks to the left. And then you can hear the fucking enemy. You can fucking hear them. But you're not, I don't see anything. I turn around, there's nothing in the hallway I just came down. I look down this long hallway, there's nothing there. And I'm like, and I don't think they're all the way down at the end of the left. But then as you're walking down, there'll be like three or four little grooves open on either side. And they're just little grooves, but they're great places to hide enemies. And it, it really, especially when you're getting low on health, and you're beat up, or maybe you're starting to run low on ammo, which I did run into a few times, uh, it can get tense as fuck. And then you start fighting enemies, but then you hear the noise, and then more of them fucking start appearing. I think... And then when, so the point I'm trying to make is when you get out on Mars, in, in some ways it's almost a relief, because everything is so bright and red, and yeah, there's enemies, and yeah, you have a finite amount of time to go from airlock to airlock, or you'll die, but it... It's it's hard to explain it, but like it almost it's almost like ah uh, because you have a little bit of room to move around and navigate and fight the enemies without getting pinned into a corner and having to creep around each corner looking for it. like they do a very good job of differentiating between when they want you to feel pinned in and dark and scared and when they want to feel like hey I'm outside this isn't like sunshine and lollipops this isn't so bad uh, and I think for the most part the atmosphere is great you do go to hell. Uh, I guess spoilers, but I think most people knew. I think I've already said that like four times. Uh, toward the end of the game, you do have to go to hell. I, I'm i torn on hell. <laughs> That's, I never thought I'd say those exact words. I'm conflicted when it comes to how much I enjoy being in hell. Be <laughs> because like it is creepy and it is cool. But at the same time, I... I won't spoil anything, I promise. But if you've never played Resident Evil 7, I think Resident Evil 7 is one of my favorite survival horror games of all time. But there's a final, I guess, chapter portion of that game. Anyone that's played it, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that I thought was completely unnecessary. And frankly, it hurt my score of that game a little bit. It took away from... Like, I, I was like... It just it made it into like a different game. And I kind of felt the same way about this one. When you go to hell and it takes you out of the closed creepy confines of this ship in this base and you're just walking through hell and it does that fucking annoying thing where you lose all your weapons and then you have to walk around hell looking to pick up all your fucking weapons which i hate video game developers don't do that it's so annoying um hell it to me gets old very fast it's not as creepy at this point you've become so uh, immune to the scares and it's mostly the same enemies again that it just becomes like wave after wave of enemy there's a couple instances where you can fall because it's got some minor very minor platforming but i didn't realize it was platforming i thought that these these floating platforms over the lava and the fire were close enough together that i could just walk across them and then it turned out nay nay you need to jump from platform to platform and so i died in there a couple of times and i just i did not i just didn't enjoy 
hell. I There's parts where hell kind of mixes in with the ship. You'll open a door and there'll be platforms floating and fire underneath, but you're still in the ship. To me, that that would have been cooler than actually taking me to hell and making me fight there. And I understand it's doom and they want to do the hell thing, but I, I found that annoying. it's like half-life. I like half-life, but the last couple levels of half-life where you're in that, whatever, Zer or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't get, I will never move off this. I, those levels suck. And I think the hell levels aren't very much fun, but when the game just pins you in and then gives you a momentary lapse where you're out on Mars and it's almost a, a relief. And then you're back into this fucking deep, dark, dank, Oh, the dank mode, a dank ship. Uh, it, it's perfect. I think the atmosphere in this game, for the most part, is just super well done. I actually enjoy the voice acting when you come across another character. I think that's very cool. Uh, I think the now the gameplay. I think, like I've said, it, it at at first it's awesome, and every time you come across a new enemy, it's awesome. And at times, even when they're the same enemies you fought a million times, but they pop up in creative ways or they creep up on you, it's very fun. But it does get tedious, and and I do think part of the problem as well is uh. The, the weapons, there are some great weapons in this game and there are some shit weapons in this game. Like we were talking before about the best and worst, we- like favorite and least favorite weapons. Uh, I need to sound off right now. By far my favorite weapon in this game is the, the rifle. I guess it's a rifle. It kind of looks like the Halo rifle. It's kind of green and domed and it's got your, uh, your, your ammo count there. And it's by far my favorite weapon in the game. I just think it's so handy. Um, but I would use it until I run out of ammo, which happened a lot. And then I'd have to switch up to other weapons. I thought the chainsaw was cool. I, the chainsaw is, is powerful as fuck in this game. And you have, you have infinite, as far as I know, you have infinite ammo. I don't think you ever run out of gas. Uh, and it's really handy for dealing with just the basic, like zombies that have no weapons and just kind of crawl towards you. Oh yeah. There's the fucking, there's like a bunch of like Marines. I assume is what they are, uh, that have been like, I don't know if they're Marines that have been corrupted or if they're just the army from hell i don't know the the jury of the damned i don't shadow Town gets that reference uh i don't know if it's just the 1976 philadelphia flyers or not but like it's like it's like you know they're they're wearing like the swat uniforms and they have the guns and stuff and they're frustrating because they take so many shots to kill but like you can't really dodge around you kind of just have to stand there and take a couple on the chin while you shoot them and I find that frustrating, but I found that rifle hella handy. It was my favorite weapon. The chainsaw is awesome. Obviously, the BFG is very cool. I only use the BFG, which if you've never played Doom by some chance, is the big fucking gun, and it's like a Doom staple. Uh, it's pretty handy. It's fun to fight like the final boss with and shit like that, um, but I didn't use it very often. Uh, the soul cube is this cool item you get during this game. And basically you have to kill a certain amount of enemies. And then when you do, you power up the soul cube and the soul cube will talk to you and it'll say something like use us or something like that. And then you can whip the soul cube at just about any enemy in the game and kill them. And like the final boss, you have to use the soul cube on and the soul cube is and like, so it's got infinite ammo as long as you kill a few enemies with other weapons to re, you know, collect souls and recharge the soul cube. I think that is very, I gotta say like for the most part, I like the weapons in this game, even like the pistol is rad. Um, I'm trying to think there's one weapon in this game that I fucking hate and I'm going to get into that in a second, but I think, yeah, I like most of the weapons in this game. They all feel just a little bit different. They're fun. They're not like the best weapon variety I've ever seen in a shooter, but they're fun and you will find yourself like you will run out of ammo at time. Like you will run out of ammo and the guns, like my rifle that I like to use, 
I found myself running out of ammo a lot, maybe just because I'm not a very good shot, and so half my bullets missed. Um, but you're going to find yourself being forced to use some of the other weapons. See, you use the chainsaw to conserve ammo. Use the soul cube. Use the grenades, which kind of suck, but they're kind of handy. The rocket launcher, as we talked about earlier, is kind of neat, but the game is so claustrophobic and closed in that I almost find the rocket launcher to be more of a detriment than a help, a hindrance than a help, because you end up blowing yourself up, which I've not do, which... I'm not even going to knock this game for because I'll do that at just about any shooter. I bet you if you could take my lifetime gaming career and when it comes to shooters and add up how many times the enemies have killed me versus how many times I've blown myself up, that count is probably pretty close. Like Adam Blank, if the zombies ever come in real life and we all as humanity are forced to wage war, do not let me be in charge of the rocket launcher. Because I won't make it off the base. I will find a way to blow myself up. So the rocket launcher does its job, but it's hard to use. The one gun in this game that I think fucking sucks, and I think a lot of people that have played it, that play a lot of shooters would agree, the shotgun in this game is the most useless piece of shit. And some people were in my chat saying that shotguns always suck. I disagree. And admittedly, I don't play... I should make sure now that I'm 40 minutes into this episode, I can't speak to the multiplayer in this game. As you all know, I don't really play a lot of multiplayer, and I and that applies to this game as well. I only ever played the... I almost called it the career mode. Uh, the campaign, like the single-player mode. But generally, when it comes to F FPSs, I like shotguns because I'm not very good. I'm not a very good shot. I miss a lot. Anyone that was watching me play Back for Blood or Left for Dead or anything, no. I'm not a very good shot. And the shotgun makes up for that. Give me this big wide spread that doesn't go very far and then I'll just let the enemies get close and then kapow! And I can't miss. It's like the gun for people that aren't very good at shooting guns. And for some reason, the shotgun in this game doesn't pack much of a punch and it just shoots like a giant pistol. Like there's no spread. It just kind of like pops in front of you and it sucks. And it was so frustrating to me because the amount of times that I'd run out of ammo in my, especially in the early going, because later on in the game, you've picked up more weapons. But in the early going, I basically had my fists, my pistol, my rifle or whatever you want to call it. And then my shotgun and I'd run out of ammo in my rifle. So then I'd have to switch over to one of the other two and I'd go to my shotgun. And then after four or five shots, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to my pistol because at least it reloads faster. Fucking shotgun is just, I like, I don't know if maybe in their playtesting they found that in the tight confined areas the shotgun would be OP if it had a wide spread. I don't fucking know, but it just it just fucking sucks. Sucks. And I fucking hate the shotgun in this goddamn game. But by far, my go-to was that assault rifle or whatever you I and I'm sorry if that's not the technical term. I don't know anything about guns. And let's call a spade a spade. A lot of these guns are made up. They're in fucking Mars. So you don't know what they're called either. Um, but for the most part, yeah, the guns are fun. Ammo is fairly plentiful. The game is, you will run out of ammo in the guns you use the most, but you always seem to have ammo. Like, I don't know if there was a single time where I was just fucked and just out of ammo. Uh, there were times where I was almost fucked because the only thing I had ammo left in was my stupid, useless fucking pissy ant shotgun. But it was pretty rare that I just ran out of ammo altogether. So the game is pretty forgiving in that sense. Um, I like the lack of boss fights because I usually don't like boss fights and this game only does a couple now. Okay. Well, that's a two edged sword because I like the lack of boss fights. It, there's boss fights, but they're, they're not like, it's not like there's a dozen of them. There's only, I don't know how many, there's only a few. There's, it's, it's pretty spread out. So I like that aspect because I find boss fights annoying, but it does like, I do wish there was a little bit more enemy variety. Like, 
sitting here right now thinking about it, like you fight so many of those fucking things that throw fireballs at you. There's the giant floating pus ball heads that are in all the Doom games. There's uh, the stupid skeletons with the rocket launchers on the shoulders that I hate because they always fuck you up. There's the uh, jury of the damned, the the soldiers from hell that fuck you up. There's just the slow walking zombies. Uh, there's like like there's a few others, but I I. If they weren't going to put more bosses in the game, I'm a little shocked they didn't put more enemies in. Like you, I, I'd be surprised if there's more than 10 basic enemy types. And that just, again, just gets a little bit tedious after a while. And you fight the same. Because that's, again, like, and I, I know I'm going all over the place between positives and negatives, but like, the game is fun and in short bursts, it's awesome and it's so atmospheric. But then at the same time, it's like, fucking read more emails fight the same three enemies that fight the same fucking way every goddamn time and it just i've used this analogy on other episodes of the show but whenever i talk about games i i always envision they have like a pie chart and they've got 100 percent worth of their resource resources and they're like okay and it, how much do we want to put into graphics how much do we want to put into sound what about our story? What about innovation and gameplay mechanics? And it really feels like Doom 3, like 60% of the game was put into the graphics. And and it shows, it's great, but it's at the expense of, of a little bit of repetitiveness. So the point I'm trying to make is when it comes to the weapons, at least it gives you a little bit of variety in how you deal with the enemies. But the most popular weapons are the ones that you're running out of ammo for all the fucking time. And you're constantly... Looking for like my rifle, I was out of ammo so much in the last half of the game, and it was just a little bit frustrating. But uh, for the most part, it, it was fun. Obviously, you still have armor, you still find the armor clips or whatever they're called that you can, you know, you pick up. They make that satisfying tink, tink, tink sound when you pick them up to, to fill up your body armor and stuff. Um, what's left? I feel like is that almost it? We talked kind of about the story. We talked about all the different enemies. We talked about the... Oh, the final boss in this game is awesome because he's easy. And let me just... Again, I guess spoilers. Uh, but if you've never played it, the final boss is this fucking giant demon and you're in hell and it like comes out of like a, a hole in the ground and it's following you around and you have to use the soul cube, that weapon I was telling you about that you get near the end of the game where you every time you kill, a, I think it's five enemies, you power up the soul cube and then you can throw it out and it like attacks whatever's around. Um, you have to fight him with the soul cube, but at this point you have so much ammo that all you need to do is you hit him with the soul cube and then he's really slow and he's not going to catch you. And you basically just run around this giant hole he came out of killing all the other little enemies that come out till you fill up the soul cube, turn around and hit him. I don't think I got touched. I think I killed the final boss without being hit one time. And I loved that. Some people will criticize that. I, I hate super long and super infuriating boss fights. So give me an easy final boss like that. Oh, oh, yeah, because earlier in the game, there's this boss fight where you fight this like giant fucking dog thing. And it, and like I wasted all my ammo fighting it. And then finally ended up looking up. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? How do I beat this fucking thing? Because I unloaded every weapon I had into it. It didn't kill it. And then I looked it up. And what it is, is it like, it calls these like, I don't know what the fuck they are. They're like white shining light spirit ghost things above it and you have to shoot them and then when you shoot all of them and kill all of them then the giant dog thing will stop and form a portal over its head to create more of these flying things well it's created this portal over its head then you unload on that portal and once you do that you kill it in like three seconds and maybe i just suck but it's the same as when i was trying to take that stupid crane arms boxes up to the vent there's just a couple instances where i was like i didn't realize what i was supposed to do and then once i figured it out i was like man clear as fucking mud doom three and I, I don't know. I just, 
I guess my criticism about that big boss fight with the white shining light things is just you can say I just suck at the game and uh, and that's a legitimate criticism. But it's just like like I've been playing Doom. I've played Doom. I know that like 99% of the time the object of Doom is just bullet sponge. Just unload on them. And now all of a sudden you've created this boss where I need to kill this, this, and this. That a little portal opens up, then shoot the portal. Like, I assumed I just had to keep shooting this fucking giant thing. And it just, it pissed me off. But that might just be me taking out my uh, frustrations on it because I suck at the game. Maybe that's all it is. Um, I think I feel good. I have talked nonstop for 47 minutes. And I feel, I feel like I got most of it off my chest i guess at the end of the day kind of as we get ready to close this like is is this a must play game i don't think so if if you're a doom fan it's up there like for myself like i've played doom 1 doom 2 doom 3 and then i've also played doom 2016 and doom eternal and i think doom eternal is my favorite doom by a country mile i love that game doom 2016 was this one but looking a lot better and the gameplay was better doom one and two are almost hard to compare to this because we all you know everyone knows what doom one and two were um so i guess like i guess doom three is my least favorite of those five but that doesn't mean that it's bad i think it just means that i like doom to me, the, the thing about Doom 3 is it's almost like a stepping stone from Doom 1 and Doom 2 that are obviously iconic, but so archaic and old and the classic graphics and all that. And then Doom 2016 was like, hey, now we've taken Doom and made it modern. And Doom Eternal took Doom 2016 and made it better. Doom 3 is that stepping stone where it's it looks like Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, but the gameplay is almost shallow like Doom 1 and Doom 2. If that makes sense. And it's not that it's bad. I think if you're a Doom fan, it's worth playing. You can get it dirt cheap on just about every console. It's on Game Pass, which is where I just played it. Chances are, unless you go buy an old physical copy, you're going to be playing the the BFG edition, which is the modern edition where your flashlight works all the time, which I probably would recommend unless you want to try the original version. Um, I enjoyed it. I played it on Game Pass. It held up. Played great. Looked great. Um, It's a little archaic. It... I guess it looks like a modern game, but plays like an old game. I think that's maybe a great way to, to, to sum this up. Plus, you better like reading fucking emails. Or even if you're like me and you're staunchly against cheesing games and cheating and you want to do it all by the book and you're a boy scout of gaming, uh, I still recommend taking the easy way out. Look up a fucking cheat sheet of all of the storage locker codes because it's just going to save you so much headache. It's just so much easier than reading through all Unless you want to read... If you enjoy reading emails, fucking, you know, go to town. I do not. So look up that cheat sheet. Uh, and I think... I think we've... Yeah, I think that'll do it. I feel satisfied. Feel good. Uh, if we're scoring it, we're scoring it out of 30 to celebrate Doom's 30th anniversary. Oh my gosh. I mean, if I was scoring it back in 2005 when I played it on Xbox, it probably would have been a 20... 5 26 out of 30 like i loved it replaying it i didn't like it as much but i still think it's a good game so i'm gonna give it i'll give it a 22 out of 30 because that'd be what about a 7 out of 10 yeah that's that's about where i am it's like a b it's a it's a fine game it's i just and to get back to kind of bring this thing full circle and get back to what i was ranting about when i started the episode 50 minutes ago i i to me, this game, 
really needed to be experienced when it came out. If you play it now, you should, you'll enjoy it. It's a fun game, but it just, it was, it, it was really meant to be experienced in, in 2004, 2005. It was, it's like half-life. I played half-life for the first time in my life last year and it was fun, but I'm like, I'm sure this would have hit way harder 20 years ago. And this is another one of them. But if you're a Doom fan, it's worth trying out. I recommend checking it out. I enjoyed it. I wonder if you have the same complaints that I do. Hopefully you're better at platforming in first person than I am. Be careful because you can fall off. Oh, shit. Okay, we got to end this. Uh, Save. Fucking save, 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 save while you're playing. Because this game's save file, like the auto saves, are very, very unforgiving. And I... It pisses me off about 80%. There is a small portion of me that thinks it adds to the tension because you never know what's coming around the corner. And if you die, you're like, I know that that's going to punish me and I'm going to have to go a long way back. But the first time I died in this game was seven or eight hours in. And all I did was accidentally walk off a ledge that I didn't know I could walk off of. Nothing killed me. No enemy killed me. I just accidentally stepped off a ledge, died, and had to go back like half an hour. And I was pissed. So if you're playing this game, that is my one, one piece of advice. Two, number one, don't rely on the shotgun. Number two, fucking save, save, save. Don't feel like a piece of shit. Don't feel like you're spamming save states. Do it. Unless you've got the patience of a saint and you're ready to walk back through big parts of this game because it does not save very often. And again, it feels like a modern game kind of when you're playing it. So you're thinking like, oh, it's got to be doing auto checkpoints all the time. <laughs> nay, nay. It will fuck you. So save, save, save. All right, that's it. So now I'm going to queue up some Doom 3 music and then I'm going to get out of here and then thank me and thank sponsors and thank everyone and get out of here. So Doom 3, fuck yeah. that's going to do it for this week's episode. Brandon, thank you so much for sponsoring this show, your generosity, your support, and for making me replay Doom 3. Because while I didn't love it, it was a nice trip down memory lane. And it's not bad. If you've never played it, it's on Game Pass and everything. Give it a chance. You can buy it for like five bucks on most consoles. It's, it's a piece of history. I do think it's kind of the forgotten Doom. And I, frankly, if I ever did a Doom ranking, which I'm talking about doing, because I've played all the core Doom games, it would probably be near the bottom, but I don't think that makes it bad. It just means that I like the Doom games a lot. Uh, so Brandon, thank you so much uh, for the support. And all of you, thank you so much for the support for listening or maybe subscribing or maybe leaving us a nice review or whatever it is. Because if you didn't hate this, a good review would go a long way. I'm not sure in what direction or why I'm supposed to ask for them, but if the other podcasters are doing it, goddamn right, I'm going to. Um, and if you want more of these, consider checking out patreon.com slash remember the game. There are hundreds of ad-free bonus podcasts waiting there. A lot of people have been asking me, can you download them onto your phone? Yes. Other than Spotify, unfortunately. Uh, you can add your Patreon podcast feed to just about any other podcast service. You can download them right off the Patreon app or the Patreon site. Most of my listeners are on Spotify, and a lot of them have just used like Podcast Addict as an app. And then you just get a code from Patreon, you plug it in, every bonus podcast and all the new ones are just waiting there for you like anything else so uh plus you know we donate some of the charity and you keep the bills on around here and it's just a good thing so patreon.com slash remember the game i'm on twitch twitch.tv slash remember the game whenever i feel like it come by and say hi that'd be very cool and we have a p.o box you can find that address at remember the game podcast.com don't send me big stuff 
just send me a letter, a postcard, something little. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you one back. We'll be friends. It's very cool, all right? That's going to do it. I'm going to thank some patrons to get out of here. I'll be back tomorrow for all our Patreons with Expansion Pass 150, where I will be ranking all the games we covered on Remember the Game number 101 through 200. Uh, I'll be back with Game Patch on Friday, and I'll be back next week with a whole other slab of podcasts, including Remember the Game number 237, which is going to be about legend of zelda the minish cap enjoy the podcast next week i guess does that make sense whatever i should have whatever i'm leaving thanks goodbye remember the game is brought to you by our patreons i could not puke up all the content i turn out every week without all of your support the following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the name and remember the game not the name ah Whatever. As such, I am obligated to say their names as quickly as possible. Let's mail this in. A huge thank you to Makeshift Mellow Magic Money, Joe Buck Sharonic, Andre, I'm a stupid moron with an ugly face and a big butt and my butt smells and I like to kiss my own butt. James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Doran, Chris Fleury, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Scott Brooks, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tromble, A-Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, OT Plays Games, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, DP Pooper, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Enzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Frosty Feet 492, Triple, Chugger 22, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Welsh Destroyer, Ray San Wontonga, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Mizuru, David Marcus, Jacob Adams, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Jake Carter, Thomas Childs, Biddy, Laces Out Dan, Beaver Boy, C Spin, Thomas Smith, Ian Keg, Munch McCoochie, Leroy Westrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Brett Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, A Dude Named Adam, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon, Roe, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky the Beagle Herder, Edridge FPV, Antonio Echeverria, Hega Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Esteban Navarro, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Cody Richardson, General Fury, and Boys on the Roof, Current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, Daniel DeVore, James Black, Drugs Ben, okay. Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Adam Fletcher, Colin Bollinger, Sleeper Hit, Joey Mercury, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Musty Beetle, Bud Lightyear, John M. Watkins, the Timothy Sabrinsky, Beef Dingleberry, Michael Barjudinai, Hitchy Poo, Arctic Vision, Bulma Simp, Mark But Not McHugh, Trevor McKee, Burke McLean. Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Zamato, Skillerooney, Chris Lovin, Oh My God It Froze, Bobby Litton, Brandon DeZeba, Kia Pop, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, Works For Me, Dakota Guy, Alexander Camps, Ryan Perry, Alex R, It's The Bigfoot, Graham, Lucas Valadez, Ichi Nutsiro, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Solomon Soto, Dart Skywalter, Denton Van Zan, Postman, West Jed, Nick Creature, Hatrick Swayze, Adam Martinet, Nafe, Dr. Nightmare 23, Tone Bone Swiss, Kevin Monroe, Roldy in the Deep, Shorzy, Digital Dave, Lord Long Rod, Ron Hugen Dong the Second, Frosty Bear, Max Sainted, Sour Goat Face, Alexis Ramos, Faded Sufferance, Tristan Anderson, Benjamin Atkins, Robbie DLC, Ryan Maurice, P Money Hired Goons, Who, Brandon Heckle, Ryan Calton, It's OG, Tyler Bauer, Deal Pickle Rick, J Vision 719, E Man Trucker, Mark Smead, That One Kid Josh, Raging Irish, at Trio, Wormwood, Aged Booty Pants, Shoeboxers, Adam Blank, Still Hasn't Reviewed, Banjo Tui, Jay Callahan, Robbie Air, Sabin, Brian Richmond, Devilish Saint, Blobby, K Rogers. That's it. I did it. I don't think I screwed up any of those. That was maybe one or two, but that's really good. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs>